now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Welcome indeed to the Two Guys at a Mic show. Not so beautiful Friday here in the fine city of Chicago. It's the coach and the big dog with you right up until 11 o'clock. We do it every Monday through Friday, one hour a day, five days in total. David Olson, producer extraordinaire, on the other side of the window. Pain or, as we like to say, the pain on the other side of the window. We'll talk sports some more. Not a good day in Chicago yesterday. Hawks lose. Bulls lose. Cubs lose. Sox lose. David, can you check? Maybe did the Wolves win or maybe like one of our minor league baseball teams? Bears signed a linebacker, so that's that's not doing it for me. Give me a give me an AHL Chicago Wool victory. We'll talk about all the losses, some good games, some drama. We'll jump off the sports page as well. Coach of the big dog with you till eleven o'clock. A little bit of music and then we'll kick this sucker off. Thank you indeed. It happens every year during the regular season. I watch very little hockey and I always regret. And again, it's not a matter of kill the music. Thank you very much. Not a matter of not liking the sport of hockey. It's just really more than anything else, a time management situation, just not time to watch it. And this year, probably worse than any other year, I did not catch any regular season hockey, hardly at all. A few highlights, watched a little bit here, a little bit. I I didn't sit down. It wants a single game the whole season. But again, and this has been thematic in the big dog of the 10 years we've been doing the show together, eight years on Worldwide Radio and WSBC. Uh, we were at that point, I think for eight years, the number one sports show on a non-English speaking station. Very, very proud of that. Now we've jumped to the wow. internet here two years, so 10 years together. And I say it each and every year, start watching the Stanley Cup playoffs. I forget what a great game hockey is, what a spectacular uh uh, presence it has, the excitement, and again, there's nothing better in sports than overtime in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And Big Dog, we've had four consecutive Blackhawk overtime games. Is that a record, my friend? Uh, no, it's not a record. Uh, four straight? Not, uh, so just to let you know, the Blackhawks have played six consecutive playoff overtime games. Because really? The last two games of last year's playoffs were overtime I forgot games. about that. Now that's so the, Black, the Blackhawks have played six consecutive overtime games in the playoffs, which is a record. Wow. It is a record. Wow. Uh, and just to let you know, the, the most overtimes in a series and the most overtimes consecutively in a playoffs was in the 1951 Stanley Cup Finals, and it was Toronto versus uh, the Canadian coach, or the Bruins, whatever it was. Uh, Toronto won the series, just to let you know, 4-1. 19... 51 or 61? 51. So it's 51. been 61 years. That's what messed wow. up your head. It's been 61 years right. since 51. And that's how long it's been since five overtimes in a playoff series. And it was all five games. And Toronto won four out of the five. Absolutely amazing. Open up the show, Big Dog, where you were uh, talking and socializing and flirting, if you will, with our producer, David Olson. Many people do that. You're not the first. But uh, I talked about the fact that we lost all four games yesterday. Cubs lose. Sox lose, 
Bulls lose, and then the Hawks a crusher in overtime. I have not been so disappointed, Big Dog, after that last goal to complete the foursome since Jennifer Aniston put on her top of the beach scene in the movie with Ryan Reynolds. Very depressing. I I, I honestly didn't see that movie. Uh, but you did. I didn't because I, I don't need any more depression. Yes. My life. And quite honestly, after the the OT goal last night, I, I don't really remember much of the night after that, to be quite honest <laughs> with you. Is that because of a female presence? Is that because of liquidation, or did you just go to sleep? Uh, it was it was more than just liquidation, ah, coach. And uh, combination of all three. Oh, by the way, happy 420 day to everybody out there. It's April 20th. It's one of, you know. Why are, why are we saying so that? Much people. Huh? Yeah, you don't know that, coach. If you if you look around, happy 420. You'll notice this was April 20th, so it's 420. You'll notice how much graffiti you'll see throughout the streets of Chicago. And it's only three numbers, four, two, zero. I have no idea what you're talking. Is this a recent phenomenon or something that's been around for a while? Uh, your whole entire life, but I'm not. A, if, if you have to ask, you'll never know. That's well, one of those things. Okay, but tell me, or it's not something you can explain. I well, I can thoroughly and 100 percent explain it. But if I do over the air, you're going to be pretty mad at me. Is the best okay. way I can tell All you. All right, let's not do it's that. We are we are America's no, number one. Get mad over the air. I mean, it's huh? not. It's it's. It's it's drug related. Ah, put it that's that way. the best way I can tell you, Coach. Yes. Still doesn't so help me, you, except so okay. specifically marijuana related. Four twenty. So, what is the connection between four twenty and marijuana? Now that is the, that is a myth that everybody is trying to figure out. First and foremost, Earth Day used to be on April twentieth. Mm-hmm. Earth Day decided to move to April twenty second because they were sick of being associated with four twenty. Yeah. This, this is the truth. Okay. Also. There's a rumor that, like, where all, like, the hippie movement started was on the corner of Haight and Asbury in San Francisco. Okay. Now, the rumor, I don't know if this is true, but there's a myth that the clock on that corner, it's a really cool, like, four-sided, uh, real fashionable clock, like Iron Clock Coach, and it was, the time was stuck at 420 on there. It was broken. So everybody was like, hey, let's go meet at 420. And they would know to go meet at Hayden Asbury. Mm-hmm. And if you were going okay. to go meet there, you were probably smoked weed all day. Interesting. So for years, if you ever had one of your uh, son's friends come to the house and be like, hey, it's 420 time, uh, you're, you might not want that kid. You might want to supervise that kid when he's walking, hanging out with his son. <laughs> is the best way I can tell you. And that's been code word. 50, 55 years strong on this fine planet Earth, and I've never been aware of that, Big Dog. I will tell you, though, back in my day when Earth Day, when I was in school, grade school, you know, that's when Earth Day kind of came to fruition. And let's just say the uh, the potheads back in the high school days when I was there, uh-huh. they, you know, uh, Earth Day, uh-huh. and those that particular clientele, they got along very well. So I don't, you said Earth Day moved away from 420? Yeah, in our high happened. school, anyways, they could have celebrated the same day. I think they no, did. No, my point was they did celebrate it for years, all the way through I went through college. And then about 10 years ago, they moved it to April 22nd. They mm-hmm. moved it two days later. Okay. And I was like, the only reason why is they probably got sick of everybody assuming that if it, you're out there on 420, mm-hmm. you must be smoking weed. And, oh, it's, they, made it on, they made it on April 20th just because of the pothead. All right. So that's why I think they move. I'll have to ask my younger brother about that. I'm sure he's aware of it, but uh, somehow I didn't find out about it. He's the He would always bring home, Big Dog, you'd appreciate this. Uh, he took a lot of art classes and clay okay. pottery classes in his uh, brilliant academic high school career. 
My parents never figured it out, but he would always bring home these semi-elaborate art and craft projects, clay pottery uh-huh. projects, but they would always have a bowl in the bottom and a hole in the top. Uh, and the glass bowl. Who knows? He, he could have made a fortune out of that. <laughs> parents not quite it's, figured it out. This, but How come your lamps never work? And how come they always light <laughs> on the bottom instead of the top? <laughs> oh, Goodness. 888-463-6748. That's our phone number here on the Two Guys and a Mike Show. Again, 888 Want to break down the Blackhawk game, Big Dog, or maybe just break down, period. But uh, real quick, want to mention that Monday, hopefully we'll remember at the end of the show to push it to Monday, we will be appearing at the Playbook. Uh, the Cubs are playing at 7 o'clock. White Sox at 9 o'clock. So we'll do some baseball-related games. This year, man, we'll be here. Playbook is a, a very cool sports bar on Milwaukee Avenue at Niles, not far from the north side of Chicago. And Big Dog, uh, we will look forward to having a great appearance there. Yeah, it's right off of Milwaukee Avenue. It's yep. one heck of a time. And if if you love baseball, you got to go there because the place is packed. Yep. Uh, with with diehard sports fans, and the other half of the place is packed with a bunch of Eastern European women that have no idea about sports <laughs> whatsoever, and they're just. They're just they're drinking, uh, you know, half yeah. and baka all night. So. That's, that's a heck of a combination. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. What I was the? Uh, I forgot who was the girl who was the the hostess. I forgot her name. Uh, she didn't remember. She did not like us, and she ignored us with a passion. I don't know if you can ignore somebody with a passion, but she did that. And then uh, I was very proud of the fact, Big Dog, that by the end of the night, I'm not going to say we won her over. But she at least acknowledged our presence. I thought that was a step in the right direction. Was was her name Sabrina? Was it that one? I don't know. Eh, something like that. Okay. Some, but I took great sense of pride. And no, I don't know if we entertained the crowd, but uh, the fact that we won over the hostess lady, and our waitress was outstanding. We did leave her a nice tip, by the way. Well, I, I at least don't know I did. how we did for the whole crowd, but the people that were at least around yes. us, like the little booth that we were at, they were enjoying yep. themselves that night. Yep. So. Absolutely. So uh, check it out. You can go to their website, playbookschicago.com. It's got the address, directions, all the info out there, dog and the coach. Monday appearance. Come on out. We'd love to meet and greet. And don't forget, this year, man, will be out in his uh, full regalia and full uniform. At least I think so. Is that correct? Oh, he'll be out there, coach. All right. He'll be out in uh, – now... hopefully, hopefully everything's going to be dry cleaned in time. <laughs> <laughs> Sox are on at nine o'clock uh, this year, man. Uh, and the Sox crowd is that, you know, is that going to be like whiskey with, with and a chaser, or are we going to have a little bit of trouble here? No, no, I won't be rooting against them. I'll just okay. be making fun of them. But it's, it's pretty easy. And you have to admit the stuff I've said recently about uh, Alex Rios is coming out of it, Coach. But yeah. Dunn and Morell and Beckham are not. And that you got to have a lot of concern. I mean, Adam Dunn is a waste of money. But Gordon Beckham will be like a waste of time and also planning to build around a second baseman that was supposed mm-hmm. to hit 300 with 25 home runs every year. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. What if he? What if he's a bad second baseman or, or a bad player? And we've seen it before, Coach, with a lot of players. He was awesome when he first came up. Before the scouting report got on him, remember that half year? I, I raved about the kid. I was like, this kid could end up being just an unbelievable player, like a five-time, ten-time all-star. Wow, I mean, like, I don't know, Coach. Just lost it. Completely lost it, as did the White Sox yesterday. Uh, 16 strikeouts 
And Baltimore knocked off our beloved Sox 5-3. to three. We'll get to baseball in a little bit, but Big Dog, the people out there are chomping at the bit to get a little uh, little hockey talk going. Again, our phone number if you want to talk Blackhawk hockey, 888-463-6748. With your permission, Big Dog, I'd like to go timeline on this real quick. Uh, first of all, first two periods, it was 0-0. Zero to zero. We had the one fight. Eh, not that much. Hawks, I don't know if you want to say dominated, controlled the action, First two periods, Mike Smith was very, very good. Corey Crawford was pretty good. Score zero to zero. And then, and again, I'm your new hockey expert here in the two guys at a Mike show. I'm going to call it one of the finer individual efforts I've seen in recent years when, help me out, uh, Doors, Shane Doerr, is that his name? Shane Doan. First Shane Doan. First goal of the game, Johnny Oduye. Johnny Oduye bringing the puck out of the Hawks zone. Oduya. Shane? Huh? Oduye. You got to say it just like, oh, do you? That's not, it's exactly how you say his name. Johnny, oh, do you? Yeah, Taking the puck out of the Hawks zone. Shane Doan not giving up on the plate. Chases him down. Strip from behind. Just a phenomenal defensive play. He does it without the penalty 80% of the time to try a play of the day. You're going to get a tripping penalty or at least miss the play. But he strips, oh, do you? Brings the puck back in. Draws the defender in a two-on-one. Sends a beautiful pass across. Great save by the goalie, and then Shane Doan is there for the rebound. He does a spinorama and puts the puck in the goal. The strip, the pass, and then the rebound spinorama, big dog. That first goal, one of the better individual efforts I've seen in a long time. Well, yeah, he's one of the best players in hockey. You know what I'm saying? He's, the, without question, the best player on their team. That's why before the series started, like I, that was the only guy I knew. But I'm going to tell you this. Nicholas Letty, Nick Letty completely, absolutely messed up that play. And you were exactly right, Shane Doan. Well, no, no, no. How did Nick Letty mess? Oh, he was the defenseman on the two-on-one? The puck is right there. And he all he has to do is stay inside, let him have the puck. But instead, he has no chance for it, but he still goes after the puck. Shane Doan, just like you said, Coach, was completely in control. He made the freaking unbelievable steal. The puck is a little bit off his stick. And Nicoletti's like, oh, I'm going to give up my total defensive position and give this guy a, a breakaway by attempting to go get a puck I have no chance at. Oh, what a surprise. Shane Doe controls it, skates right past him, and then it's a breakaway at that point. Well, we will so get back. Nicoletti for this whole series has sucked. We will get back. In three, he was horrible. Okay? We're, we're, we're going to come back to Nicoletti in just a little bit. Continuing on with the time frame, then the Hawks are down one nothing, and then very quickly behind 2 nothing. It's not looking good. But the next dramatic moment of the game, Big Dog, was an outstanding play. Brendan Morrison, one of the unsung, I don't know if you call him heroes, he's just unsung for the Chicago Blackhawks, but he just rifles an absolutely classic right out of the book like they teach it, slap shot. What do they call the hole that's upper left with the uh, goalie? Is that the four hole? I don't know the actual numbers. I okay. just know five. Just that's a the only one I know beautiful. I mean, it would have taken a great save by Mike Smith, but again, I thought that was one of the purest Slap shots I've seen in a while. Great goal by Brendan Morrison, and then the game gets a little bit close. But were you equally impressed by that shot, dog? Oh, absolutely. And uh, I was also impressed by the, the fact that there was no energy whatsoever in the building. Yes, there was none. It was completely quiet. Hawk fans, which were had been phenomenal for uh, one and three quarter games, all of a sudden were sitting on their freaking hands, and they didn't sit on their hands after they were down one nothing. They were still totally into it. All of a sudden, they shut up, and it seemed like the players noticed it. You know, they're like, hey, our season is on the line, guys. And they played, like, out of their minds for about five minutes to get back into that game. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, the Brandon Morrison goal certainly uh, got the fans going, no question about it. But uh, similar to the other couple of games, the Blackhawks were down a goal. They get a uh, penalty by Patrick Sharp, so they got to kill a couple of minutes there. And you know, that was three. Horrible. Yeah, bad you know, penalty. Patrick Sharp's a smart guy. That yeah. was a horrible penalty. Yeah, can't take a penalty in that situation, no question. But here we go again. And if you're the Phoenix Coyotes, you got to be thinking twice. They've scored. With less than 20 seconds left to tie it up, it cannot happen a third time. Three minutes left, two minutes left. Hawks are pressuring with a minute and 20-something on the clock. Unbelievably on the offside, weak side rebound shot. Michael Frolik puts the puck in the net, big dog. And amazingly, the Hawks send it to overtime again. And at that point, you and who were you watching the game with yesterday? Was it the international... Yeah, it was the whole international congregation. Were you, were you guys hugging each other, groping each other, hand filing? Give me a description when Fro League scored. Um, I'm, uh, there was, we always have to be careful because we're, we're going to smash skulls and we, we just run and jump and start hugging and like end up falling over. It's crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> uh, Fro League may be one of the most loved players out of nowhere ever in this house because, I mean, the guy didn't score all season and then all of a sudden, forget just the scoring. Which is obviously important in hockey because there's not that many goals. Mm-hmm. The guy's played phenomenal. He's, like, he's been everywhere. He's uh, getting loose pucks. He's guys. He's taking big hits and still trying to control the puck instead of just dumping it. You know, the kids played phenomenal. Coach Broly. Mm-hmm. number sixty-seven, I believe it is in your program. Number one in your heart, Michael Frolik. So that goal got the crowd going crazy. And then they come out for overtime, and it ended fairly quickly. Big dog, and it was a. Uh, Horrible mistake by Nick Letty and an equally, and this is the second game in a row. Now, Corey, I see what you think. I haven't heard enough analysis on this or criticism, but Corey Crawford gave up another ridiculously easy goal. Uh, yeah. I don't know about ridiculously easy. Like the first one, it shouldn't even go in because that should never happen yep. in, in hockey. Like we said, the only time that ever happens is when a Shooter has no chance, and they're just like, oh, I'm going to flip it at the goal to see if uh, if the goalie isn't doing what he was doing. He wasn't in overtime, and we win. And, and that at that one, it's just like, okay, here comes a shot, stop it, and he didn't. Yeah, it was, it was number eight, Nick Letty makes the big defensive mistake, goes for the puck, and uh, I don't know if he fans okay. on it, but he doesn't get it, and now you got the breakaway. And when you first saw it, you're kind of mad at Nick Letty and not so mad at Corey Crawford. You know, the guy did have a breakaway goal score, but then they showed replay after replay, and the guy basically did nothing. He didn't even shoot the puck. All Corey Crawford had to do was cover the uh, crotch aerial area. What hole is that? Keep it clean? Huh? The five hole. Cover the five hole. The guy never really shot the puck, big dog. It just slid Right through the, uh, I'm going to call it the crotcherial area of uh, Corey Crawford. Bad goal. Never should have happened. No, it shouldn't have. Ugh, painful. They don't think about starting Ray Emery next game, do they? Uh, no, I think, they, I think they're going to have to. Well, what about start Corey Crawford and if it goes into overtime? That's a pretty ridiculous thought, but you bring Emery in because Crawford, if it goes overtime again, I think Corey Crawford is shot. You know what? There's what people don't realize is I, I've gone over Stanley. Like I've, I've been writing you know, all this hockey trivia and stuff. I've gone over like uh, like goalies that have won the Stanley Cup. Not all of them played every single game, Coach. Even like <laughs> even like Martin Brodeur and Patrick Waugh. 
they'll get rest in the middle of the playoffs. Because if, if you play every other day and you're playing at that intense level, well, they're playing every other day and they're going to overtime. So play Emory in game, in game six mm-hmm. or game five. Okay. It's not like you're benching Crawford. And he's, you know, again, he's played okay. At times he's played better than okay. But, uh, it's the two softies in overtime that has killed us right now. That's why I think, you know, I don't mind starting them. But boy, psychologically, if, you know, for the ridiculous fifth consecutive time, that guy goes overtime again. I'm just worried about the psyche of Corey Crawford. I, I would have to say that it is a legitimate shot that game five goes to overtime, especially when you consider that for the whole entire time that this series has gone on, there's only been one two-goal lead, and it was by Phoenix last night. And how quickly did the Hawks make it a one-goal and then yep. tie it up? Yep. You know, so as, as these teams are extremely even. Coach, right now, with an extremely even hockey teams, you can't get away with okay goalie. You, know, you just can't. you, you mm-hmm. got to have a got to have a good goalie in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. There's, you know, we're, whoever wins this, all these series winners, you can say too many teams make the playoffs, okay? But everybody that wins a series in the first round of the NHL, they end up being the top eight teams in the whole entire league out of 30. Okay? That's, think of it that way. So you have to be at least a good team in order to win a playoff series. So you can't get away with, okay, goalie ship is, yep. is all I'm saying. Yep. Or another way of putting it, I've heard some hockey experts say that the goalie in a Stanley Cup 7 or six game series, a good goalie has to win you one game or maybe two. In other words, just absolutely stand on their head. When the other team plays better, the goalie plays so exceptional that he literally wins you a game. A goalie, need, a good goalie, needs to do that once, maybe twice in a series. Well, uh, and consider this: right now, the Hawks have to go three wins, no losses, and obviously, it's got to be the one game at a time thing. You know, forget the whole cliche thing. Let somebody else beat on that. But they got to win three games. A goalie's going to have to stand on their head for them to win at least one of them. You're exactly yep. right because the way this series is going right now, it's just going to be trading goals with the with a pretty decent Phoenix team at this point. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to win three games in a row trading goals with Phoenix, especially when two of the uh, two of the skates are going to be in Phoenix. So mm-hmm. they're going to need a goalie to actually step up and play. So play Emory game five, coach. All right, we will see. Joel Keenville not afraid to uh, mix and match. We'll see what he does Saturday at 9 o'clock, big dog. Game five, it's not over yet, not by a long shot. Game five, they can somehow get a victory in Phoenix. The United Center should be rolling back for game six. We'll take our chances on game seven. Saturday at 9 o'clock, dog. I know uh, you and the young lady, you're a man about town, single, eligible, bachelor about town. Any plans, or are you going to be able to uh, watch hockey Saturday at 9 o'clock? I I pretty much will be able to do what I want because uh, I actually have a girl and a woman, a lady, and uh, she does does realize that uh, a playoff hockey game with your team on the break of elimination on a Saturday night is worth two hours to hang out with. There are 24 hours in a day. Yeah, but it can be a little bit rough for the female dating the sports-oriented male like themselves because, you know, this Saturday night, it's the Stanley Cup playoff game. You know, if the Hawks come back and win it, might be another one next Saturday night. The Saturday night after that might be Bulls playoffs games. And, you know, you certainly don't want to miss the Kentucky Derby. Well, I, well, I don't, and, I don't, well I'm not going to worry about that. That's two minutes. And trust me, I can find two minutes worth of pleasure many times throughout the day. As my old radio partner used to say, the Kentucky Derby, the best two minutes outside the bedroom that you can find in life.
Now, I, I uh, you know, I don't want to sit here and like throw water in your face or maybe like sound like I'm being uh, like arrogant or or like ripping on women. But all I got to tell you is I'm dating. I'm not dating a a selfish, self-centered woman anymore. I've dated mm-hmm. a lot of those. I would even get upset that I watched sports. Oh, so we do. This one. Oh, you have a sports show. Oh, you're tweeting during it. You're working. You're taking notes. I'm not kidding. I take notes and I watch games. I watch Ancient Aliens and write down all the facts that they give me throughout the whole mm-hmm. entire time. I mean, she gets it. I, I have a really, really good girl. You know, and then the other, the other 21 hours throughout the day, I'm doing something with her. So Speaking of that, uh, in related to that, we had an email yesterday come in from Back Hair Bob from Bolingbrook. Okay, and, that's an axe, too. Now they, that's an axe. He was self-centered. Well, okay. <laughs> Back here, Bob wants to know the way you describe your girlfriend, Joel. Can I, uh, can I steal her for a month or two? I believe was the gist of Back here, Bob's email. He was very uh, impressed. I'm, uh, I don't think the borrow is going to be uh, available anytime soon. So yeah. it won't be right now. Yeah. And from what I understand, Lily, Lily the lilac and Back here, not a good combination anyway. So Bob probably better look elsewhere. Well, well, she doesn't like it, but it's kind of, that's the one bad thing about her for as much as she has. Mm-hmm. Kind of, it's kind of funny that she's kind of highfalutin about other people who have it. <laughs> oh goodness, the honesty is not necessarily the best policy, Big Doug. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Wrapping up a little hawk talk. Unfortunately, when you do a one hour show, you got to keep moving here. We got to get to baseball. Got to get to the Bulls. We got a couple off the sports page uh, things to talk about as well, Big Dog. But any other notes or thoughts you had on Black Hawk? Hockey from uh, last night, another very good, uh, very exciting game anyways. Yeah, I messed up the, which goal was the overtime goal where Nick Letty absolutely uh, pooped the bed. But he still played horrible throughout the whole entire game. That's another guy. You know, we can, we can play. Oh, Crawford. so the, the, the Letty play you were talking, that's why I was confused was a little bit. It was the overtime goal. It was the overtime oh, goal. Okay. Yeah, it was, uh, but still, he was out of position. Yes. And I don't know how, how many times did he hit a Blackhawk with a slash shot last, just last night? Forget this series, which he seems to do it once a game. But yesterday on power, why is he ever on the ice during a power play? He hit Patrick Sharp right in the ass yesterday on a, on a slap <laughs> shot. Oh my goodness, that had to hurt. I mean, you you see where? Why do you wind up right? And he's five feet away from Patrick Sharp when he did it. That was ridiculous. Uh, whatever. Let's I'm go out to uh, line number four, and I believe it's Nick Laddie checking in on the two guys at the mic show. Nick, say hi to Big Dog. Just Yo. kidding. Oh, that was going to do Nick Letty. Right. I'm, I'm uh, sure he, with a name like Nick Letty, Nikolai Letty, he's got to be like either Czechoslovakian, you know, Lithuanian. He's mm-hmm. from that part of the world. It must be nice if you if you can't speak English to play such a horrible game that the reporters can't ask you questions and put you on the spot because you can't speak there, English. There would definitely be certain times in sports in particular when not no speak English would be a... Um, a positive, yes. And last yeah. night for Nick Letty would be one of those. Sammy Sosa hosts Saturday Night Live. Five years later, he's uh, in front of Senate and can't speak English. But <laughs> he was on live television speaking English pretty well about yeah. five or six years ago. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. 888-463-6748, folks. So the phone number here, let's move real quickly. Let's loss number one. That was the most painful one, big dog. Painful loss number two, and it really wasn't that painful, but it, uh, it was somewhat of an entertaining game. Feisty game. Feisty game. A little mix-up between the Heat and the Bulls, a little bad blood if the two of them 
ever do meet in the championship series in the East Conference. It's going to be um, fun to watch. Fun to watch from a physical perspective, anyways. But last night, Big Dog, the Miami Heat, knock off our beloved Bull without Derrick Rose, 83-72. I'm not sure how now, significant that game was, but uh, the Heat do win at home. I uh, I only watched the game whenever it was on period break or commercial break yep. for the for the Hawks, obviously. Mm-hmm. So, but it seemed like every time I was watching, we were seeing. Like a Miami player being the aggressor, and I'm not talking about the aggressor and aggression on the basketball court. I'm talking about like pushing people and elbowing. So I, I really can't give you a hundred percent look on it. I don't know if the Bulls were doing that stuff on the, you know, when we were watching the Blackhawks. Mm-hmm. Okay, but every time I was watching, it seemed like there was James Jones throwing a, a freaking forearm shiver right underneath the neck of Joe Kim Noah. I mean, what if that hits him in his trachea? Seriously. That was ridiculous. He got kicked out of the game for that. Mm-hmm. And then Dwayne Wade pushing Rip Hamilton off like Hamilton, you know, gives him a little nudge, and then Dwayne Wade pushes him into the crowd. I mean, what the heck is that? Uh, you know, Dwayne Wade, oh, well, he pushed me, I'll push him back even harder. I mean, all I know is it seems like this. The Heat don't play as aggressive as the Bulls in terms of, like, offensive rebound and just and just like, hey, palm, palm on the floor defense, which I love that expression. Mm-hmm. They don't do it. So the Heat are trying to make up for it in – Tough guy aggressiveness. Hey, we're going to elbow you and, and play dirty. That's how aggressive we're going to be. Do not stoop to their level. Okay? The Bulls don't need to do that. The Bulls just need to keep hammering their butt when they play them in the, in the playoffs when everybody's healthy. So, and, and don't be intimidated. Let them throw the elbows. Let them push on the pile. You be the one that attacks, defends the rim, and gets all the rebounds. Mm-hmm. Attack the basketball. Don't worry about being a, a jokester and a, and trying to be the bad boy Pistons of the late 80s. You didn't mention the uh, big LeBron James. Slight little shoulder turn, absolutely leveling. The diminutive in size, anyway, certainly not in spirit, John Lucas. Big Dog, do you think, as our NBA expert here on the Two Guys in a Mic show, do you think that was a, a, a premeditated psychological strategy by the Miami Heat? Let's go out and be physical. So if we do meet the Bulls down the road, they're going to have that in the back of their minds. Or- Coach, I am 100% positive that's exactly what happened because the Heat have never played like that for a year and a half, and all of a sudden every single incident that I can remember the Heat besides uh, Dwayne Wade in the, in the All-Star game punching Kobe Bryant in the face was it's happened last night. They turned on some type of button of, hey, we're going to act like we're a bunch of tough guys mm-hmm. because the Bulls play at a different type of tough intensity, and we're not going to match that, but we could be the guys that elbow you and get under your skin. We can Dennis Rodman our mm-hmm. toughness around. You know, it's you funny, know, your, your your comment on the Bulls and their res- proper response to the Heat's physicality is almost exactly the same comments you made about the Blackhawks and the physicality of the Phoenix Coyotes, the two situations somewhat similar, Big Duck. I, I'm not it, – it's it's, it, it is very similar because if you think about if the Bulls played their way, they play their system, nobody will beat them. They don't need to start throwing elbows. And, okay, if you want to set a pick a little harder, okay. If it's on a play where you do have to follow somebody, you want to follow them even harder, please do it. Mm-hmm. Do it. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying don't play tough. But my point is don't stoop to anybody's level. Play Chicago Bulls basketball. When the Bulls were playing against the Pistons, Bill Jackson made it a point. They were like, they were like, they're a bunch of goons. We are skilled basketball players. 
And eventually, those goons walked off the court with their head down. They couldn't even shake the hand of the team that beat them without even stooping to their level. Let the Pistons turn into the goons, Coach. Mm-hmm. They're already the most hated team in the NBA. If they start going around, if LeBron James getting picked on or picking on John Lucas, doesn't he do commercials for bullying? Hey, don't bully people. So why is he picking on somebody 100 pounds less than him? <laughs> He's a little punk bitch. That's I love I love the developing relationship, by the way, between LeBron James and John Lucas. And when I say relationship, it's the uh, little controversy between the two. John Lucas, who is about as diminutive as they get in the NBA, refusing yeah. to back down against the thick and, and, and bruising LeBron James, the big body of LeBron James, but... Uh, Lucas, you remember the game? We actually, when we were at the playbook at Niles, he had the big game where he shot over LeBron, and well, mm-hmm. I don't know if he was doing finger pointing, but uh, he clearly no, got. No, no, he wasn't. No, he wasn't. He was not. He just, he just did his stuff. Mm-hmm. Don't forget, uh, John Lucas had already been jumped over by LeBron James. Okay, and then and LeBron did the whole like uh, throw his hands in the air and like and then like eyeball John Lucas as he went down the court. So if John Lucas looked at LeBron at all. He freaking uh, LeBron was owed all that because he totally showed up, Lucas, after he jumped over him. The best part is LeBron's reaction to John Lucas. He it's part aggravation, part annoyance, and it's part humor. He can't quite can't quite figure it out, but but it's uh, I could almost use the word cute to watch the relationship between Johnny Lucas and uh, and LeBron James. Well, let's think about this, Coach. The 12th guy on the Bulls roster, or excuse me, 11th, Brian Scalabrini is. The 11th guy on the Bulls roster is now matching up and creating a rivalry <laughs> with the number one player on the Heat that's, roster. That's a win so for the let, Bulls. Let the Bulls continue to play Bulls basketball. If there's so, Lucas and Scalabrini gets pulled into the office by, uh, by Thibodeau, I'm going to tell all these other guys play their game. You know, maybe you may ratchet up the physicality when you're playing the Heat, but don't turn into a thug. You two, you're thugs. Okay, but just just remember that. Scalabrini, if I tell you to go in the game, I want you to think there will be blood. That's all I want you to think when, when you get into the game. And same with you, Lucas. I would like that, Coach. I have no problem with players with their role. But as a team, fools need to just play championship-caliber basketball and don't worry about the thugs. Mm-hmm. 83-72. They still have a game-and-a-half lead for the home court advantage. Won't be long, Big Dog. Won't be long. Hopefully the Blackhawks will still be in it, but won't be long until the NBA playoffs are uh, overlapping, going mono versus mono with the NHL playoffs. Great time to be a sports fan. By the way, we mentioned over in the uh, Western Conference, it's a pretty good battle. There's one spot remaining. I think the Nuggets have pretty much clinched the seventh spot, but the Rockets, the Jazz, and who's the other team? In uh, Phoenix, the beloved Sun. And Stephen Nash, three teams all within a half a game each other for one spot. So that'll be fun to watch the last week of the season. Uh, yeah, that's and, and I gotta tell you, there's something about going to bed watching Western Conference basketball. Yes, you know what I mean because as as much as I, I kind of get upset about people who don't like defensive style sports, like if it's a thirteen ten football game or two to one baseball game, they call it boring. Uh, but it, it is it's also fun to watch wide open basketball. And when you watch the West, when you have like Golden State taking on Portland, the, the score Sacramento, the score is going to be one thirty to one fifteen, and you just see everybody going off. Uh, so the next couple of nights going to bed watching Western Conference basketball is going to be awfully fun as a sports fan. Mm-hmm. There is there is a certain I know exactly what you're talking about, a certain serenity, a certain peacefulness. You sleep better. 
You dream better. You have better thoughts in your dream when you fall asleep watching Western Conference basketball. There's, <laughs> as exciting as it is, there's a certain serenity to the game. Uh, I, I'm, I'm not, I know you're, you're making fun of it there, but I'm not kidding. Well, it's only partial. Like, you know, the, the game starts at like 9.30, you know, and they, they end at like midnight. And yeah. I, I swear to you, I, I, I don't know how many times I've fallen asleep with a remote control in my hand and I'm yeah. watching, you know, Golden State take on the Lakers. Mm-hmm. Oh, now yeah. with the Clippers, they put the Clippers on every night. It's like I'm watching the Blake Griffin show every single night. It's my guy, Coach of the Year, Vinny Del Negro. Um, <laughs> I've been going to sleep the last, it's probably close to a year now. My wife has uh, taken full control of the upstairs remote control and basically falling asleep to, I don't know, forget the name of it, but it's like house hunting shows. Oh, goodness me, Where that is, that's hell. Oh, that is freaking boy. hell. They're showing people around, you know, like three different houses, and the suspenseful end of the show, they pick which house they might want to, uh, you know, rent or purchase. But, uh, yeah, that's, well, it's actually not hell because it does, it puts you to sleep very quickly, so it's not that bad. <laughs> Judy is single, but she's yep. soon to be engaged, hopefully, and she's has a little extra money because Daddy decided to pull out 50000 in her trust fund and she needs a bigger apartment in downtown Boston. Yep. She has five choices. Oh, my goodness. Will they, will they go with the house with the nice game room downstairs, great for the kids, or will they go with the bigger kitchen and more modernized living room? Stay tuned for, right after this channel. I'm asleep by the time the about halfway through. the possible fiancé likes the big jacuzzi and the, and the place that he can watch football in. <laughs> Where should they go? Oh my god! Like, I don't care. Okay, seriously, they, they, of, they got a bunch of rich people on the show. You know, yeah. oh my goodness! <laughs> so one of my buddies used to. Love, I mean, this is a man. This guy was a man, and he was the Muslim guy, which made me cracks me up. He would always watch uh, the New York one, New York real estate. I forget what the name of it is. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, these people are buying like million dollar homes. And he's like, oh, that's nice. I would like that. The whole time he would watch it now, I would have to have that in my house. I'm like, what? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you make $10 an hour. Maybe <laughs> they awesome. should, you know what would really be entertaining? Maybe they should do the opposite of that kind of show. Take, you know, I don't know, yeah, some right. homeless people or some people that are really struggling and, you know, three rundown two flats in, in various inner city apartment complexes. And, you know, they got to pick which one of the three that they're going to get. By the way, just to let you know, uh, we needed. Okay, you think that's a great idea? Just want to let you Not know. Really, Rob, McEwen, just... Rob McEwen had it all set up. Okay, he had the landlord, and he lives on the west and south sides of the city, Chicago. Okay, we only needed about we only needed about fifty grand, and it was called evicted. And I was the host of the show. This landlord needed people to get to evict him out, and I was supposed to bring the cameras in and host as these people were being evicted. Mm-hmm. And i got to tell you something, Coach. The first time that I went to it, it was one of the scariest moments yeah. in my whole entire life. It was electrifying. It would have been one of the greatest television you would ever seen in your entire yeah, life. Yeah, but I don't know. That's about that's... the emotion of kicking somebody out of their house. Yeah, but that's, was, not, that's, I, I was, uh, that's not good, though. Evicted, you're kicking somebody at their, what, at their most vulnerable, is, one of their saddest moments. You're going to put the film on them and the camera on them? I'm not sure I like that. My, my, well, I'm just saying... It would be watched. That would be, you're exactly right. It is extremely difficult. That's why people would watch it. Mm-hmm. You're, you won't watch it because you'd be disgusted. Oh, look at that poor family getting kicked out. Well, you would also see the pure emotion of someone losing their home and having a family and not knowing what they're going to do with them because they're going to be on the street with the family. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, that is, you talk, I, I thought I was a hit waiting to happen, but we just couldn't get the backing. Yeah. It sounds like a show that would be on our uh, favorite TV station, True TV. Ooh, well, Perfect for you. All I, I got to tell you is, Wiener Circle, if it doesn't win some type of, uh, I don't know, what, what, what are the Emmys, right? That's what they win on television? Yes. got to win an Emmy for best, best drama, because okay, that is incredible. The Wiener Circle. Oh, that's that's the show where you interview people at a all-night, 24-hour food stand? Fast so they, food don't, place? they don't interview people. They just have the camera in there, and they just show yeah. these people what they do to people. <laughs> and again, these people have to agree to be on camera? Yeah, because there's a few faces bugged out, okay. so you can't see who they are. Yeah. Now, David Olson, our uh, legal expert here in the Two Guys in a Mic show, at a, a show like that where you're filming people late at night in a fast food place, our studies here, our uh, research studies show that 71.6% of those people are well over the commonly known as inebriated stage. Do those people, can you sign Absolutely. under the influence of inebriation? The hell am I talking about? That's yeah, a good question. Absolutely. You can, no, you, can. You, you absolutely can, because for the simple fact, if you're if you are out in public with a camera and you ask somebody, it's not a threatening situation, and you ask somebody, do you want to be on camera? We have to sign this. It's not your fault that that person's walking around in public wasted. Okay, you didn't go into their homes, get them drunk, and then say, oh, sign this. That's totally that's wrong and that's illegal. Somebody being drunk when you walk up to them and said, hey, do you want to be on camera? Not your fault, and it's legally not your problem. That person shouldn't be stupid, wasted, walking around in life, okay? okay. There it goes, Coach. Right. That's the difference. Fair enough. There it is. Big dog and the coach with you right up until 11 o'clock. Hope you have a great weekend planned out there. Plenty of sports to talk about. we got to get to some baseball action. Don't forget Blackhawks back in action, 9 o'clock Saturday night. I hope, Big Dog, I hope when we return for Monday, soon to be award-winning show that we'll be able to um, – Talk about a victorious Game 5 and maybe preview Game 6. That would be a good thing because once the Hawks lose, well, hopefully we'll still have enough hockey. We'll cover the hockey playoffs. But we need the Blackhawks in it to keep things interesting here in Chicago. Uh, I I definitely want that because uh, as soon as the Hawks are done, a little more focus will be put on the fact that uh, the Cubs are 3-10. That brings us to the fine sport of baseball. I was going to lead off with the White Sox. Who lost to Baltimore yesterday, five to three? They struck out six times, and depressingly, Big Dog, I believe eleven thousand six hundred and twelve, the smallest crowd, smallest crowd they've had there since two thousand five. Last time I checked my math, that was seven years ago. So the fans are uh, staying away from Comiskey. And, and let's let's reiterate this: that's eleven thousand paid. Yes, I watched the game. There were not at any point in that game more than 5,000 people in the stands. For a Major Don't League forget, Baseball game. The White Sox probably have 11,000 season ticket holders. <laughs> at least, I would say, <laughs> Coach. Mm-hmm. So they have 11,000. Like, they had like zero walk-ups and nobody else like, hey, let's just go to this date in the middle mm-hmm. of the day in April is basically what happened. Because I don't know how many season ticket holders the White Sox have. David Olson will probably have a better judge of that. But if you were going to ask me before the seat, I would say that at least 10,000 of their tickets are season ticket holders. At least 10,000. So mm. the fact that they only had a, it's not going to be any lower than 11,000 all year long. It's almost impossible because all those tickets have been sold for every game. It's not good. Not good if you are Jerry Reinsdorf or a uh, member of the White Sox management team. Hopefully that will improve. Obviously the weather's not good. 
April baseball White Sox are well, they're not losing badly, but they're not good. All that adds so to it. They're six and seven, and they've actually had a an extremely tough schedule so far. They're playing the Rangers. They're playing the Tigers. So, uh, if you think about it, they have played. They have won more than they kind of were expected. Mm-hmm. The only problem is the issues, the major issues that everybody said at the beginning of the year need to be corrected, or they have no chance to win. Yeah. Win. Well, they they haven't been corrected. So. No. I guess you're right, Coach. It, it's ugly over on the yeah, Robin Ventura, the manager, is a very patient man, and the issues you're talking about are Brett Morrell, good fielder, can he hit Gordon Beckham, good fielder, can he hit Adam Dunn, doesn't field, can he hit all three, have uh, continued to be in a slump. But let us not forget Robin Ventura. You talk about patience as a manager. He is the young man, Big Dog, who started off his Major League Baseball career 0 for 41. And went on to have a uh, not a Hall of Fame, but an All Star and a very good career. So you think he in particular is going to be patient with those three guys? I don't know if that's a good thing or bad thing, but most likely he will. Uh, I I don't know how much more patience you can have. You know, going over forty one. I, I understand that, and he was also like the number one draft pick by the White Sox. He was like the fifth overall. There was a bunch that that, that went into Ventura, and they they weren't about to give up on the guy. I, I, like I said yesterday, Dunn has had to, it's been more than a season that he's been horrible. And Gordon Beckham, okay, maybe he isn't horrible, but, you know, he's a guy that should be batting ninth in the order. He's going to hit 245 with like 10 homers. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Morrell, you got to, I think you have to pull the plug eventually. Good you feeling. can't have a third baseman, yep. you can't have a third baseman in the American League Central yep. that so, hits two. he's not even hitting 200, he's hitting 100. But basically, you can't have a third baseman in the American League Central that's going to drive in 40 runs mm-hmm. in the season. But, I mean, he might. Do you think he'll even drive in 40 this season, Coach? Yeah, if he plays regularly. But still, that's not, uh, you know, not much to be said. So we will see. Gordon Beckham, by the way, did sit. It's not like they're playing him each and every game. I think they sat him a couple of games ago. Yesterday, they played the kid Escobar. In fact, I found this quite curious. And, uh, again, I immediately, as soon as I saw it, checked out the website, firerobinventura.com. Um, it's already taken, so was not available for purchase. But remember Beckham, I think it was on Monday, he finally got a couple of hits. Finally got a couple of hits. They won the game. I forget if it was Sunday or Monday's game. The immediate next day, firerobinventura.com does not put him in the lineup. To me. Yeah, that's dumb. That was dumb. Yeah. You got a guy who's struggling psychologically. He gets a couple of hits, and then the next day you sit him. I thought that was a poor move by FireRobinVentura.com. You know, Dusty Baker would do that a lot when he was with the Chicago Cubs. The guy would hit a home run, and then he would be on the bench the next day. And I'd be like, well, that doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Go with the hot hand. So by the way, speaking of Dusty Baker, let's transfer into the Chicago Cubs. They're taking on the Cincinnati Reds at home today, weather providing. Not going to be a great day for baseball, but the Cubs back home, Reds this weekend, and then uh, the St. Louis Cardinals Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Don't forget, we'll be at the playbook for the Cub-Cardinal game. But um, Reds are off to a another bad start, big dog. They've had a lot of potential for three years. Is Dusty Baker in any sense of danger during the season? At the end of the year, or is he all good? You know, the Reds don't hire and fire managers like a lot of teams do. They're, they're one of those organizations that 
don't have a lot of money. So when they make a commitment to a manager, they're like, okay, this is our manager for the next four years. This is our plan. They're one of those teams. They're not like, mm-hmm. uh, well, I mean, the Yankees have been pretty stable lately, but there's organizations that will, like, they'll fire a manager right in the middle of the year and change it up. You know, like, you know the Yankees have pulled the trigger. The Red Sox are firing uh, Terry Francona, but if you're, I think what you're with the Reds, you're fine all year long. I okay. would be shocked if Gusty got moved in the middle of the year. Coach. All right, but they better start winning in a hurry. Uh, speaking of starting to win in a hurry, let's talk the Cubs here. They lose to the Miami Marlins 5-3. to three. That's a sweep for Miami. They get out of town. Three straight losses. Jeff Samarja of concern, Big Dunk, because here's a guy we thought had turned a corner, got a little bit of potential. His first start was good. His second start, eh. And yesterday, 88 pitches and three in a third inning. That's not good. And the Cubs weren't good either in the entire series against Miami. No, his, his excuse against uh, the, the Marlins was he said uh, they attacked, they swing at everything. I, I didn't want to throw strikes early, and I ended up being on my heels. I wasn't attacking strike zone. He was like, that won't happen again. So we'll watch. We'll watch if that's true about the margin. Okay? He followed the game plan. It was a stupid game plan. Now, <laughs> With the Cubs being being three and ten, they need to do something offensively because so far, they, the other day, Matt Garza, you, everybody can say he got blown up, and he did. But the Cubs, it was zero zero. The Cubs couldn't score, couldn't score. The Marlins weren't scoring either, and Garza was battling and bat, and he kept on getting one or two guys on, and he kept making pitch after pitch. And finally, in the fourth inning, it cracked, and then he gave up a bunch of hits. Next, thing you know, he gave up five runs, and they're like, "Oh, Garza got hammered." Well, I was like, you know, for the first three innings. Kid pitched awesome, you know, and then, but he realized the Cubs aren't going to score anything. So when, like, people are bashing Garza, Garza actually had a pretty decent game uh, the mm-hmm. other night, and, and Dempster has pitched great so far this year. He's got a 1.33 ERA, leads the National League in strikeouts. They have to start hitting. And, and, Coach, there comes a time where, you know what they say, like, oh, we don't want to give up on the season and just bring up the rookies. Well, what if the, what if the, the old guys, it's been more than a year, and they, they're still not hitting. Maybe it's time to start playing the process because maybe they'll play better than – forget the development part. Maybe I, they'll be even better than the guys you already have. Well, I think you're right, and I think they will, uh, the trio that are now running the Chicago Cubs. But it is awfully early, Big Doug. What did we say, 3-10? and 10? So 13 games, now my math is bad. I don't know the percentile, but 162-game schedule. It's still pretty early. It's still April. I, I think they will do that, but it's awfully early right now. Okay, and, and I understand. And, and, and they probably, you know, mm-hmm. on pace to win 36 games is not good. Yep. Okay, Coach? And remember about a week ago you were like, they're on pace to lose 120 games. And I'm like, they're not the 52 <laughs> Mets. Remember I yelled at you? Yeah. Well, guess what? <laughs> they're on that pace hasn't improved from oh, that boy. day when you were like, hey, yep. the, the pace is around. I'm like, don't worry, the pace will improve. It hasn't. It's gotten yep. worse since yep. you said that. Not good. Not good. Let's hope they can turn it around at home with Cincinnati and, of course, the St. Louis Cardinals coming to town. We should mention we don't have time for a full baseball round them up, wrap them up. Got to throw some kudos to the way of Chicago guy Curtis Granderson, big dog. Played at UIC. He didn't grow up in Chicago, I don't think, but he played at UIC. Hey. What a game he had for the Yankees yesterday. They win 7-6. to six. Five for five, three home runs for Curtis Granderson. Wow. That's, uh, you know, he's shortened his swing up since he went to New York. And all he does is try to make some contact because it's perfect for left-handed hitters. Yep. And it worked out for him. I mean, I did that in my uh, little league days. I, I shortened my swing, and uh, I still struck out, 
but it didn't make the strikeouts look. It, my strikeouts were better because I had shortened my swing. Was, uh, well, my coach said, "Good know, job." That's that's really good that you yeah. that you shortened the swing. Do yeah. the Cubs two major prospects? Just want to throw this out here, so I want to give a little ray of sunshine to the Chicago Cubs. I think you're going to like this coach. Their Triple A guy, the guy that they traded for Andrew Kashner, their number one pick last year, Anthony Rizzo. So far through eight games for the Iowa Cubs. Yep. Hitting 393 with seven home runs. Did the same thing with San Diego's minor league team last year. They brought him up and he busted, but okay. Yeah, yeah, he busted up while he was a handful of at-bats. Okay. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's, I'm really right. worried about a guy that was in a lineup with no protection whatsoever, got a handful of at-bats, and hit like 150. I, like you said, Robin Ventura started 0 for 41. Okay, okay. good point, good point. And uh, Javier Baez, the kid that was supposed to be the, the number one pick overall last year, mm-hmm. fell to the ninth spot and the Cubs picked him up. Nobody wanted him because supposedly the kid was a hothead. Javier well, Baez, is he the kid from Glen Ellen, Illinois? Uh, not exactly. He's from Puerto Rico. <laughs> okay. Well, this kid's from Puerto Rico. He's a little bit south top. of Glen Ellen. Okay. He's the he's the next. Well, Stanley Castro is going to be traded is the best way I can tell you. I think he will. I think the Cubs are going to be smart enough, and they're yep. going to trade Carlin Castro, get yep. something huge not, for him. Not Theo's kind of guy. This kid. Is he a shortstop? So far, the kid so far in low A ball, Javier Baez, I know it's only his first three games in, in the minor leagues, but he's 9 for 15 with three home runs and 11 RBIs. Nice. nice. And, by the way, his senior year in high school, he had 22 home runs and struck out three times, and he hit 727. I'm- I'm just happy to hear he's from Puerto Rico and he even had a senior year of high school. That's a step in well, the right no, he direction. To, he moved, his family moved to Florida. They, ah. they realized he was so good at baseball. Beautiful. They got him to Florida uh, baseball. Beautiful. They got him to play high school baseball Beautiful. in Florida. Big Dog, we got to clean out the studio early. Coming in right behind us today, retirement sparks on the talkzone.com. Some talk, uh, some motivation for the retirees out there and based on our show today and one could argue these shows the entire week. We probably should pay attention because we might, we might be retirees sooner than you know, my friend. I may, I may sit around and take notes on the next show. I got forty, I got forty good years of work left in me, coach. I don't know about you. Forty good years? Uh huh. You got forty years. Sixteen of them are good. It's like the guy <laughs> who's been married. You know, yeah. We, uh, how long have you been married? Eighteen wonderful years. Thirty-two years altogether, but eighteen of them were wonderful. Yes, I yeah. At any rate, uh, Big Dog, behave yourself this weekend. Any any uh, out-and-about appearances you will be making where the females of our listening audience and also uh, back here Bob from Bolingbrook could come and rub elbows and maybe other other body parts with you? Uh, I'm going to be staying in, watching baseball, and writing about baseball with a thisyearman.com blog. You know, you're ruining your reputation, man. I don't. I really don't care Some anymore. of our listeners are not liking your new girlfriend because you you don't go out anymore. You become a homebody. Well, it's, we were supposed to document all this stuff. Nobody ever wanted this. I'm staying in. Forget it. I need to, <laughs> I need to actually start accomplishing stuff. So. Oh, goodness. All right, dog. Have a great weekend, and uh, we'll talk to you Monday and analyze a Blackhawk 4-1 to victory, okay? Uh, happy Earth weekend to everyone. Happy 420. All right. Big dog and a coach will be back at you Monday. Have a great weekend, everybody. Stick around for Retirement Sparks, the best in TalkZone.com. Radio David Olson, great job all week long as well. We'll see you on Monday, 10 o'clock. Don't be late.